Roger Williams University is hosting a crisis management seminar on May 3rd at their Providence campus. Crises, whether a natural disaster, cyber attack, or financial instability, can have severe repercussions if not handled properly. This is where crisis management plays a pivotal role. Join Roger Williams' MBA students and expert speakers to learn how to prepare for the unexpected. The program is totally free and open to the public. You can register online at rwu.edu slash events slash crisis management symposium. Discover over 100 episodes of Bartholomew Town on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. To me, just generally, I think we need to have a very positive outlook for our state. Um, there's a lot of negative outlook. You hear a lot of that talk. And for me, you know, Quantit is a testimony of what can be done. Welcome in to another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Bartholomew. On today's episode, I sit down with the managing director of Quantit, Stephen King. And Quonset, the former Navy base, now a sprawling business park and commercial port in North Kingstown, Rhode Island, on the heels of a Bryant University report revealing that Quonset is a major driver of job growth and economic development in the state. Great to sit down with Quonset's managing director, Stephen King, not only to talk about his operation, but also how some of the successes from Quonset can be applied on a statewide level. So stick around from the loft, Stephen King. Okay, it's back now through November 3rd at Roger Williams Park Zoo in Providence. It's the Jack-O-Lantern Spectacular 2019 presented by Citizens Bank. This year, you're going to travel through a seasonal wonderland and celebrate the joys of New England. Feast your senses on autumn's beauty, winter's swirling snow, spring's first blossoms, and summer's ocean breezes. It's all intricately carved on thousands of pumpkins displayed along the zoo's wetlands trail. It's the Jack-O-Lantern Spectacular 2019 presented by by Citizens Bank, now through November 3rd at Roger Williams Park Zoo in Providence. You can reach me anytime, bill at ripodcast.com or follow me on Twitter at Bill Bartholomew. Okay, let's get right to it. Quonset's Managing Director, Stephen King. Just last week, we announced the, the study that Bryant University did for us, as you mentioned, and that reveals that there's some $4.3 billion of economic activity generated by the businesses at Quonset Business Park on an annual basis. Uh, those businesses are generating $128 million of household income for families here in Rhode Island, which is the most important part. Uh, and the jobs at Quonset pay nearly some 20% more than the state average. Okay, So close to $60,000 a year is the average salary for folks that work there. Um, so that's really what it's about, you know, providing families an opportunity to have a good paying job and a solid, solid future. Let's let's go back to the origins the the navy obviously you know you think of the cbs when when uh and really that what was the entire pivot for the region not just Quonset, the park itself but you look at some of the businesses the hotels the old restaurants on post road there there was a story that was written in that region well there's been several stories going back to the you know time before time was recorded but in modern day anyway the, the you know Quonset existed as a naval hub then there was a, a, a period for a while 
that that sort of undid itself uh, after the Navy pulled out. Yeah, so it's interesting. The Quonset Business Park is made up of two former Navy bases. One was the Quonset Naval Air Station and the other the Naval Construction Battalion Center, the home of the Fighting Seabees. Um, and they both close at different times, so that, that leads to a little bit of vacancy, obviously, when 25,000 people leave the Navy service and the civilian service at, the, at that location. Um, but the Quonset side closed in 1978, and the Davisville side didn't actually close until 1994, officially. Um, so it takes a lot of time to turn the wheel, you know, to take, like the Navy to turn an aircraft carrier, it takes a lot of space, right? Um, so the Quonset side was under state control since about 1980, and the Davisville side, you know, since about the year 2000. And both sides are about 50-50 size-wise, so the whole park is 3,212 acres, and it's about equal of the two sides of the park, the north and south, uh, with Quonset being the first. So Electric Boat Corporation, thankfully, um, the Governor Noel's leadership way back in the day, um, we were able to garner them to come utilize the naval facilities in 1974 when the base closed. And that's sort of been the anchor of the business park, still is to this day. Um, they are actively growing as we speak. They're investing some $800 million in new facilities in the business park, and they've been ramping up their employment again as they're going to be beginning to build the new Columbia-class submarines to replace the old Ohio-class. From of the numbers, or the, 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 the numbers that we saw produced by the Bryant Report, how much of that is generated by defense? How much of that comes from, you know, really having ambassadors like Senator Reid and, and Congressman Langevin pulling funds back in for defense here in Rhode Island? Right. So EB is really the, the big chunk of the defense monies there. So EB employs almost 4,500 people of the nearly 12,000 that come to work. So say a third of the business park employment is anchored in defense. The balance of the business park is anchored in various sectors of, of the economy, uh, whether it's warehousing, distribution, manufacturing, uh, the seaport business at Davisville, et cetera. So that's... So it's a huge chunk then of of, oh, no of, doubt. of, of the entire no operation. Doubt. No doubt. So today we've got, uh, you know, you can think about there's a wide world of indoor sports there. I mean, is that factored into the, the, the Quonset yes. business park? So yes. So they're, they're anything like that, Marshalls? And, yeah, the Coles well, actually. That's actually Coles yeah, and Home okay. Goods. Yeah, so um, TJX company. Right, right. <laughs> um, so all those businesses are factored in, of course. Yeah, okay. Looking at Quonset as a model that can be applied statewide, is that something that you have any conversations with Stefan Pryor or anybody at, the, at high levels of, sure. of, of kind of making a template out of what you've built at Quonset? So Stefan, as you may know, uh, chairs my board of directors at the QDC. So we've had um, lots of conversation um, about the success we've had at Quonset and how we can create a model or a template to apply other places. Uh, Quonset is a very unique thing where, you know, there's a lot of infrastructure that the Navy obviously left behind and the state has total control of a 3,000 plus acre complex. So we're not going to see similar things statewide um, of that size and ilk, right? Um, but there is some lessons to be learned from the individual um, site readiness program that we did. So we worked through after we had all the property and rebuilt all the infrastructure and subdivided the land into various development parcels. We did a lot of work to pre-permit and you know, entitle those properties for development. Um, so that allows us to take advantage of opportunities when they arise in a very quick manner. Um, and there's some lessons to be learned for that that we can apply elsewhere, of course. And there is a small initiative starting out at the Commerce Office to do just that, to, to help those that may be interested to remove some of the barriers to development 
and get it pre-ready so that when there is an opportunity, those opportunities can be capitalized on quickly. So the, it sort of plays into that idea that, you know, the notion that Gumble isn't, or Gumble, Brian Gumble, government <laughs> isn't particularly nimble um, and in general. So if you already own the full plot of land and you already have full control, now you're not getting into land acquisitions of any kind. Now you're not having to deal with outside players. So it makes that process more streamlined. That's something we don't really have anywhere else unless you're talking about parkland, beachland, or anything like that. I can't picture another site. Maybe the airport is large, but certainly nowhere near the scale as Kwanzaa. That's right. That's right. So privately owned lands as opportunities to work with the host communities they're in to remove all those barriers that may lie ahead. And it's always based on a little bit of chicken egg where you don't know what's going to come. Um, so like in our case, we have particular zoning for the properties and we know how big and how size-wise how many parking spaces and truck docks and those things we need. So we could categorize all that and, and prepare a plan to show a prospect uh, that, okay, you need 100,000 feet. Well, here's three or four alternatives. We know you fit here. You can start building in 90 days and we'll give you the, the property under lease so you can get started right away. Modernizing government, essentially, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, regulations, we need regulations for to control development to make sure we're not impacting the environment and those type of things and protecting the public health, safety, and welfare. But there's a way for us to do a preliminary work, advanced work, as much as we can in advance so that a lot of the questions are pre-answered, right? So we're not starting out with a proposal and then trying to answer all the questions and then finding out, gee, there's a red flag because of issue, you know, X or Y that popped up, right? Right. Um, another big aspect of Kwanzaa specifically, of course, is the car import, vehicle imports. Um, th- that creates large vehicles on the road that may play into tolling, this, that, and the other. Is that a conversation that you have on a statewide level of what's you know not necessarily lobbying for there not to be <laughs> truck tolls, right? But as far as like that dialogue, is that something that goes on of, of building the most hospitable infrastructure, much like we see with sailing, where frankly, you know. It right. becomes attractive to have your boat here in Newport because of the taxation, for example, things like that. Uh, of course. You know, I mean, the tolls, uh, it's a situation where we need funds to make sure the infrastructure is in a high-quality state of repair, right? Um, but if you look backwards a little bit, you know, the state invested with federal help with the congressional delegation to bring funds in to build the Route 403 access highway. We've had multiple projects. We're undergoing a $90 million rehabilitation project right now that's being funded by a general obligation bond from the voters of the state of Rhode Island. And that was approved in 2012? Um, 16. 16, okay. Yeah. Very recent then. Re- recently. Right? I voted so, on it then. I yeah, was thank back Thank you. Here. Thank yeah. you. So the, work, the work's <laughs> ongoing. Um, but my point is those investments in the infrastructure lead to the opportunity to have the immense shipping traffic that we have. Uh, be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to our operator down there. NORAD is our company that's the auto processing tenant. Uh, do a terrific job. And, you know, we've seen nine straight years of growth, double digit growth, year over year growth. And this year we're well ahead of last year, a year to date. So things are very, very positive. So that factors into that that number as well that Brian, those numbers, but the Absolutely. big number that, that Brian has produced, which is that uh, you know, the jobs and the dollars that are being pumped back in. That's right. So Kwanzaa, in a nutshell, right now today is something that when we hear the complaints, as we often do about Rhode Island not being able to generate industries of the future or industries of the present, 
it's actually happening at Kwanzaa today. It absolutely is. And we, as I mentioned, we have a broad spectrum of industries. We have um, nearly 20% of the manufacturing in the state of Rhode Island is located at Quonset. Obviously, EB is a big chunk of that, but we have a host of other companies, whether it's companies like Hexagon Metrology or Haywood Pools or Clark Valve or whoever. There's lots and lots of companies involved in manufacturing efforts as well. When you th- let's take a look at um, the facility itself and kind of going into the future. Um, you've got a little roadie down there, right? One of the self-driving cars. Is that there yet? Or is uh, it, it's is actually it up here in Providence. It's, it's only Kentucky. here. There isn't one in Quonset. Yeah, yet, you know? they, we used Quonset as a test bed when it okay. first came to the gotcha. state to beta test it and so forth. But and then it's been up here since. Yeah. Quonset seems ripe for, again, maybe developing a template of when it comes to public transportation um, using hub oriented type systems is that something in your plans for the future yeah it's something we want to see uh, get improved we actually we just had a meeting with ripta yesterday to talk about opportunities so um, qdc has been funding an effort to match a federal grant the last couple of years to run what we call the quantit express or the qx bus um, that runs you know four times a day to bring folks from the city here in northern rhode island down to quantit to work so we hope more people will take advantage of that those rides are free and they can get that bus for free um for a period of time and then we're, we're strategizing how we can grow the public transit opportunities it, it's interesting because we have really good wages at the park right lots of people can afford to have cars so you know it's not a huge problem because most everybody commutes um but it's something that we certainly want to make sure there's opportunities for all spectrum of folks here in the state to work at quantit What's the future look like for Quants? What are the major areas, industries you're trying to attract and any yeah. major, obviously you're in this, this bonding project right now, um, but outcome-wise, five, 10 years from now? So the, the future is very bright. We have, um, outside of the EB growth I mentioned with the 800 million, we have a $100 million meat plant being constructed by Cargill. And they're going to be opening next summer, and they're going to be seeking to employ nearly 800 people to work in that facility. Meat processing? Meat, yeah, mm-hmm. so packaging and so forth. So um, they, their primary customer would be Stop and Shop and Hannaford Food Market, something like that. So if you go to the market to buy a, a tray of pork chops, what have you, that's typically cut off-site and packaged elsewhere. They don't do it in the butcher shop at the store. Um, so that consolidates some of that operation. So they will be um, opening up in the middle of next summer, thereabouts. Um, we recently had a company called Taylor Farms purchase an asset that, that had turned over, and they're opening up again a, a food processing business where they make salads, salads and prepared sandwiches, et cetera. Um, they're hiring, as we speak, some 250 people to work in that plant. So right there is over 1,000 new jobs to add to the nearly 12,000 already there. Um, so that's very exciting. And we see the full build-out of the business park to yield about 16,700 employees uh, when it's all built out. And so most of those industries are kind of processing, manufacturing, things like that. Yeah, so we, we welcome all industries, right? Um, so that's been part of our success. I think we have a very diverse portfolio of companies. So whereas, you know, we could have said we want to be just a biotech park and just had biotech tenants, and then if there's an issue with that sector of the economy – you know, all your eggs in one basket, right? We have a lot of eggs in our defense basket as we started this conversation with ADB. Um, so we welcome a broad spectrum of folks to the business park. I guess that's kind of where I was getting at, too. Yeah. Long, long way back to that question, if that budget's cut, you know, which could very well happen, bracking and so on and so forth, there could be changes in terms of military spending, availability to fund businesses, and all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out, not yeah. on EB necessarily, maybe to a small extent. We've seen that in the past, but... Yeah. That's you're nimble enough that you can you can survive without 
obviously maybe not without the entire defense yeah. portfolio, but right. you can take a hit if that happens. Yeah, I mean, you look back to 2008 when we had the, in 2009, we had the, the recession. We only had one company close its doors in the business park in that downturn. Um, so we've been very, very fortunate and things are going very well. What's your message to Rhode Island leaders that are struggling right now in other areas, maybe education, maybe in uh, human uh, health and human services, other other leaders in, in private public sector right now, you know, how to get their project, whatever it is they oversee, right. <laughs> to a place where they're feeling as good as, as QDCs? Yeah. So- you know, my expertise is in the development side of the house, so, you know, I'm focused at Quonset. But to me, it, just generally, I think we need to have a very positive outlook for our state. Um, there's a lot of negative outlook. You, know, you hear a lot of that talk. And for me, you know, Quonset is a testimony of what can be done. And when we stick to the plan and we have positive investment and we work hard towards a goal. Um, so that would be my one message is, is let's stay positive for sure. Stay positive. Last yeah. question. Uh, can we expect any voters? Is there... And obviously, you can go and read the report. There's infographics available. Um, I'll share those on our Instagram at Bartholomew Town Podcast and on Twitter at Bill Bartholomew. I'm sure you've got it on your website as well. But as far as um, you know, the average person, somebody who lives in Ashaway, who's just curious about the, I guess we have a drag race going on <laughs> in the background here. Um, the average person who may be curious about what's going on at Quonset and if they want to have a voice and how that process goes i don't know what voice they could have other than yeah just civilian um, but how does how does someone get involved in the process i guess so all of our board of directors meetings are public meetings to comply with the open meetings act etc so um those are held every third tuesday of the month there's one this evening matter of fact and everyone's always welcome to attend um all the information about quonset is on the website quonset.com simple as that um, you can find all the information about it there. And I also encourage anyone listening, if they're looking for a job, to check out quantitjobs.com. Uh, we, we have a pretty strong jobs board where we allow the tenants to post all the openings, and people looking for work can certainly go there. As always, thanks for joining in on the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Hey, I've got a bonus episode for you today. I went on a run with the Run Club over at the Wexford Building, the CIC. You know, the brand new building over there on the 195 land by the pedestrian bridge. That crew joined some Bartholomew Town alums like Ed Fitzpatrick and Rebecca Weber out there on the course. The course being running around downtown Providence. Got some uh, interview content there. And uh, you can hear me out of breath if you'd like a bonus episode of Bartholomew Town for you. Hope you have a great weekend. And back with a brand new episode for you on Tuesday. Talk soon.